welcome to the first first and ten review of the season for week one. We've I'm here with Miles. Sorry, it's me, Ollie, back again. I'm here with Miles. How you doing, Miles? Hey, good. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, brilliant. After last night's win, um, uh, <laughs> can't wait for the rest of the season now. And I've also got Ash with me. You doing all right, Ash? Yeah, good. Thanks. About you? Yeah, it's good. It's it's a nice to be off the back of a, a first win of the season, isn't it, Ash? Oh yeah, you got to start. If you start one and this the week's much better, isn't it? Yeah, I've had to wait six years for it, but uh, we finally got there. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but before we get on to the Giants, um, we're going to start off with last week's Thursday night game, probably the marquee game of the season so far. Bills, Rams, Miles, what what did you make of it? Um, well, I think we all thought it was going to be a bit closer and um, a bit of a shootout, and it wasn't. It was the Rams got absolutely dominated on both sides of the ball by the Buffalo Bills and. I, I wasn't expecting that. I mean, I expected the Bills to win, but not in the way they did. I think they could have, they could have, if they tried, they could have done even, they could have beat them even more. But yeah, I think, um, I think there were still highlights for the Rams, but I just, they didn't look very good. I think that O line is really troubling for them. And if they don't get that sorted, then it's going to be a long season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, you obviously we mentioned the loss of Andrew Whitworth before the game, and it sort of proved costly. But to be fair, how many teams are going to have the defensive line strength for the Bills, especially the depth of that roster? You've got not just you know the four starters, but you've got so many guys below that who can still go and get pressure. I mean, they they mm. look really good, didn't they, Ash? Yeah, they did. I mean, you had Gregory Russo, Espineza, who was both really... They were, I'm shocked they both got them two players, to be honest, that low down in the draft when they got in the last couple of years. And like you said, when you got players like Von Miller as well, I mean, that, that D-line really did bring it against the Rams. And you did really see the Rams for what they were. Like They've got some great superstars, but the, the, the that O-line really did, didn't look up to up to scratch, really. And there were some under-par performances as well. I mean, Jalen Ramsey didn't really have a great game. Alan Robinson didn't turn up. He didn't have a run game. So Stafford was really, really under the cosh a lot. So I was really just really shocked, really, about Rams, especially the second half, hour where they just fell apart and how easy the Bills made it look in the end. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a, a big tick for Buffalo to just really dominate the Super Bowl champions and go into the rest of the season, really. Yeah, I mean, I think we all expected the Bills to be good. I guess we it was one of those things where you have to sort of wait for them to live up to the expectations. Uh, they certainly did it. And that offence, I mean, it still looks pretty much perfect, doesn't it, really? Yeah, I'd say so. There's not really many holes in that Buffalo Bills team at the moment when you look down the roster and just at how, how well they put it down in, on Thursday night football. Obviously... One game doesn't mean anything, but you just you just look at them and you just think there's not really many weaknesses. And if you can beat the Rams that convincingly, like there's really you can't really see anything but them easing through the playoff, easing through the playoffs quite convincingly at the moment. So yeah, they they're just they're just such a well-oiled machine and such a great roster that, like you said, they're they're the favourites really for this Super Bowl for a reason. Now, what I would have thought. Yeah, and I think one of the most surprising things for fantasy owners and others alike. Um, the lack of Cam Akers' uh, appearance on the field, although to be fair, I think we've all seen the pass protection clip by now. Uh, he, he's clearly proved he didn't deserve it. Miles, what, what do you make of Cam Akers being sidelined for the first game? Well, I, I part of me thinks, because they, they just ran out Henderson first, so part of me thinks they're just not ready to give Akers that lead back role I don't think you know I don't I just don't think they want to put him they don't want to work him to death like that whereas Henderson can just seem to take it I think the Akers injury has probably done a lot more damage than we think yeah he came back really quickly but when he did last year he wasn't very effective and now it again seems to be really ineffective I mean he wasn't helped a lot by you know Stafford pitching him the ball 12 yards behind the line but 
he just when he did get the ball, other than trying to make up a twelve yard deficit, he just didn't look very good. He was bad in pass protection. So yeah, it's gonna be tough for Acres. I personally wouldn't trust him in a fantasy um situation, but also that line, again, we've already mentioned it, but the line isn't gonna help him either because it, it was basically a turnstile. Yeah, as particularly noticeable, and again, another guy who suffered from that really, Alan Robinson, Stafford, plenty of times. Just there was got like he had Robinson open, but he just didn't have the time to throw it to him. Um, Ash, yet another guy who was you know expected to come back and make a big impact for the Rams, just sort of disappointing in week one. Yeah, I mean, I just think that they just need to go back to the drawing board. It was, I think, it's just one of them games that it's, they just need to try and forget and move on and try and just think of the seasons starting from week two. I just think that there was just so many errors, so many things wrong, especially in that second half in the Rams. That Alan Robinson's thing, his stat line obviously didn't help, but I mean, from the Bears last year people are hoping that they're not going to get that Bears receiver from last year and they're hoping they're going to get this 2017 Jags Jags guy. But I, I just don't really know if it's in him anymore. So it's going to be interesting to see how he does for the rest of the season. I don't think he's going to be awful, but I just think that you need to temper expectations. I don't. I think it's the Cooper Cup show and maybe teams are just maybe sussing that out a little bit. I mean, he's still eight. He got 13 for 128 and a touchdown, I think. So... He's still, he's still done loads for Cooper Cup, but I think that the Rams need to think of something else. They need to have a plan B and they need to get this defence going if they're going to want to compete. But luckily for them, the NFC West didn't really turn up either. So it can all start a game from week two for them. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of getting the defence going, one team who's absolutely able to do that, uh, the Steelers pulling off a, a pretty much a surprise win against the Bengals, I'd say. Um, picking off... AFC Championship winning quarterback Joe Burrow five times on their way to a 23-20 overtime win. Uh, they just about managed to scrape that win in the end, Miles. Uh, what do you make of it? There were some very bad kicks in that game. Like, that, that was, you know, you, you had the chance to win it right at the end. And then, you know, it's like almost if all Jamal Chase's hard work kind of went to waste there. It was a real shame. I mean, I'm not a, a Bengals fan, but I was annoyed for them because I was like, you know, you got someone as good as Jamar Chase, who I think his game time touchdown was my favorite moment of the game because I kind of just felt like he was going to do it. You know, they they rallied around Joe Burrow. He didn't let the turnovers get him down too much. He still managed to find Jamar Chase when it mattered. He still got the ball down the field. He still kept his team in the game, even after five turnovers. And then it's just all thrown away right at the end. So, yeah, I think really tough. Another one that they might just have to forget, forget and reset, go again week two, because that was that was a bit of a... They, they took a mauling from the Steelers' D, but because the Steelers didn't show up offensively that much, they kind of they managed to hang around until overtime. So just hoping for the Bengals. I believe they can just carry on and improve, do better and still probably win the division. Well, you say forget and move on. It's going to be pretty difficult for Joe Burrow to forget T. Higgins missing if he's out for much longer. I know it was just a concussion, but we don't really know how long that could be uh, in terms of missing practice, missing game time. Um, what, obviously, that's a massive impact. Ash, how do you see it going forward for them? Yeah, I still think, I mean, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head who Cincinnati have got this week. Um, so obviously they'll 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 think that on the preview show and the fantasy show, but Higgins will be a massive loss for them, obviously. He's he was he turned up last year, he was an absolute beast. But you've still got probably the number one, well, definitely the number one dynasty wide receiver, but you could argue the number one receiver in the league, along with Justin Jefferson and probably Cooper Cup the chase is a one man wrecking machine. So I don't really think it's gonna I don't think it's gonna slow down the offense to a compliant in halt, but I think that they will miss him. But obviously Tyler Boyd can step up, even Hunter Hurst step up the other day. So there's there is players that can do it. And I think Burrow will probably just need to forget about that. What what really shocked me that 
if I'm honest, two things shot me in this game really was still how badly the Bengals offensive line was considering mm. how much money they spent yeah. on it. And two was really how bad this Pittsburgh offense was with Trubisky at the helm because the Cincinnati defense isn't amazing and they just had nothing on offense at all, Pittsburgh. The only reason that they won that game was their D. And if if TJ Watt is out with that peck, which there is talk that if he goes to surgery, he's out for the year. But if he doesn't, he's going to only be out maybe six to seven weeks. But six to seven weeks in that AFC North could be bad news if you are if you only win that one game against Cincinnati and now you've got no TJ now for another six to eight weeks. So I would, be, I would still be very, very worried if I was a Steelers fan, even though we picked that win up, I would be very worried considering how good the Ravens looked against the Jets. Well, is this not pretty much what we expected from the Steelers, though? We all know how great their defence is. We, I don't think any of us have a lot of faith in Trubisky at this point in his career. Um, obviously, it's going to be massive for them, the loss of TJ Watt. That's, I mean, I mean, that is, like, as we said, most of their offence comes from their defence. So I think if him if he's off the field for a long period of time, which... If it's true that he's torn his peck, then that is going to be significant amount of time. Then they're really going to struggle this year, surely, Ash. Yeah, I would definitely. I mean, Mick Fitzpatrick was amazing in this game, and they do have other players like Miles Jack played well, and there is they have got other players, but the whole defense, the whole energy of that defense is TJ. So if they lose him, it's going to be it's. It's going to be really a big heartache, really, for Pittsburgh fans, I would have thought. So, um, yeah, I, I just think that they need to come up with some identity on offence and it, to just get by these next few weeks. It, like I personally think TJ's going to be out for the year. I don't think they're going to try and get him through without that surgery. I think it's irresponsible if they do anyway, because really this year it's not all about Pittsburgh making the playoffs and winning a Super Bowl. They're not really there as a team. So why would you want to injure one of your superstars or maybe do some more damage if you don't send him into surgery? So I think it's it's a bit of a learning curve for Pittsburgh this year, see what they've got. But I mean, you, ne- you never know. You never know. You've seen bad teams make the playoffs before, but this offense really, I don't know really what it had. And Cincinnati really if you're picking Joe Burrow off four times and getting a forced fumble off of him as well, so you're turning over the ball five times against Cincinnati and you still have to take it to overtime, you must be thinking as a Pittsburgh D, like what is our offense doing for it to be this close to going to overtime? So Mm. yeah, I'm still not convinced by Pittsburgh at all, even though they did pull off a shock win. I think it was because Cincinnati was so bad rather than Pittsburgh being any good. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you asked who the Bengals play in week two, Ash, and it just mm-hmm. so happens it's the Dallas Cowboys, the Cooper Rush-led Dallas, Cow- mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I tried, tried to say it without too much joy in my voice. Um, <laughs> but uh, is it uh, obviously just coming off the back of Sunday night football, they've just lost to the Buccaneers. I I, I do feel a bit sorry for Dak, because I do quite like Dak Prescott, unfortunately, it is unfortunate the team that he plays for, but um, yeah, I I do quite like him, and it is a shame to see him injured again. Although to be honest, it's not like the Cowboys were showing much before that, were they, Miles? Uh, no, they they really miss Amari Cooper, I think, because C.D. Lamb was just covered the whole game. He didn't really have many opportunities. At all. I think he caught two balls all night, or something like that. Their best receiver was Noah Brown. Like they just, they just didn't really have anything offensively. They scored three points. Um, I, they they ran the ball fairly well, but again, they couldn't really afford to being down on the score game. So I don't really know where Dallas go from here because they've got they've you know their lines taken a bit of a pounding. They haven't got Gallup at um for a few games they haven't got um as it washington yeah um yeah and they just they just they're just missing too much and they look so one dimensional it and i just i just can't really see them picking up a win with this really wounded offense and I, yeah their d can keep them in the game a bit like you know Micah parsons is very disruptive i thought he played really well 
last night, but it's just it's it's quite yeah, it's quite bleak for them at the moment. And CD Lamb's a talented player, but he can't do he's he I think last night showed he can't really do it on his own. He he needs someone else there. So you know, I hope he can prove him wrong because I really like I really like him, but he just doesn't really seem like that alpha. And now with Dak out, I, I just I just don't really see this Dallas team doing anything at all this season, really. Yeah, I mean, you met, there's, there's also Jalen Tolbert there at wide receiver. Who I knew, who I know thanks to uh, multiple fantasy teams having interest in him. Uh, he was he was looking like he was maybe going to be the number two. He's, he got gets injured just before the game as well. Um, the Cowboys are rock bottom of the NFC East, and it looks like it's only getting worse for them, Ash. Yeah, I, I, sorry to say, Dallas fans, but I just don't know what you're going to do now. Dak's gone, to be honest. Like it's because now you, everyone's going to be looking against the run. They'll probably load the boxes up, play, put a lot of pressure on Rush if it is Rush, I guess, and then. Box out Elliot and, and Pollard, and what have you got? You got to try and they got to try and get the ball over to Lamb, which he's never really been like a speedster guy. I mean, they they played him from the slot a lot last year, and he was caused a bit of havoc. But as a jump ball guy and yards after the catch, he's great. But if he can't get any separation, then and you put two guys on him, then you haven't got any other options. Dalton Schultz looked okay, but they're just not gonna. They're just going to – now Prescott's out, I just fear for Dallas now. It could be one of them ones where they, they lose the first five and then they think, you know what, well, we're not even going to bring him back. It could be one of them things. After, so much optimism after one week. Like Everyone's excited for the the season to be back and then Dallas lose their quarterback after literally like three quarters. So, yeah, I, I feel for Dallas, but I think now it's – like I said, I think it, they're, they're probably their season might even be done even after the one week. Yeah, and you look at the Bucks on the other side of it, they pretty much dominated this game and they didn't even really need that uh, that uh, too much uh, anything special really. Uh Miles, what do you see from the Bucks? Yeah. Um, I thought Fournette was running the ball really well. I mean, well the team just yeah, helped Fournette run the ball. The line held up. Um they looked really good. Uh Julio Jones made some really, really nice plays. Um, I think it did take them a while to bring uh, to break down Dallas, but I, I think you know they've started slow um, a couple of in a couple of games, um, and then they just they just pick it up and then they gather momentum through the season. So I think I think they'll be fine this season. They look really good. They didn't need to be at their best to beat Dallas, and I think against greater opposition, they will elevate their game. They got the greatest quarterback of all time there, who comes up clutch when he needs to. So. Yeah, I think, you know, they're looking really good. Shame about Godwin. He's meant to be out for a few weeks, but I think they've got quite a few weapons there. The line's holding up. They've got a good ground game. I think they'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, they they look really good. And, you know, uh, I think it's about time we go from the bottom of the NFC East to the joint top of the NFC East with arguably the upset of the week. I mean, you called it, Miles. The Giants yes, beat the yes, Titans yes, yes. thanks to a last-minute two-point conversion. I mean, the defense basically threw it away at the end, but you know they, they still won. And fair play to you, you called it. Yep, I'm not gonna victory lap it too much, but I don't know. I just I, I felt I've been all over Saquon Barkley this off season, and I just thought I think I just felt a big game coming for him and. He was the difference for me in that game. And, you know, he had 194 yards, which is just ridiculous. And then went for two right at the end, got it. They didn't even need, you know, Golladay, who has just been disappointing since he signed, really. Um, only 22 yards. But, yeah, I just I was really, really impressed with the second half from the Giants. I think they, they looked a bit shaky in the first half. They were down. But yeah, they just picked themselves up, and and they were they were really impressive second half. And yeah, I'm not a Giants fan, but I was really happy for them. Yeah, I well, as one who was, I absolutely was uh, just completely delighted with this game. Uh, as you said, we were 13 nil down at halftime, come back, and it feels like we finally got a decent offensive coordinator in the building. 
I know Brian Dayball was the head coach, but obviously he's been offense coordinator in Buffalo for the last few years. I it's it's the first win since we made the playoff. Uh, sorry, first week one win since we made the playoffs in 2016. I I don't believe in omens too much, but you never know. Um, I obviously I picked the Titans as my lock for this week, so you can guarantee the Giants' <laughs> opponents are going to be my lock for every week of the season remaining. Um, you mentioned Kenny Golladay there, disappointing, but uh, you know who cares? Like it is, it, it's just it's so satisfying that we've finally been able to unlock the run game with Saquon Barkley, and the play action is so much better. Like it's so simple when you have when you can get these simple things right, and it pretty much was summed up for me in that two point conversion at the end there. You know, the play action to the underhand flip to Saquon for the t- for the two points. And it's it was just, it was aggressive, it was creative, it was logical, and it's what I've been missing for so, so long. Uh, the only thing, I, a, a couple of gripes, the defense giving up a lot of yardage on penalties right at the end there. I'm not loving that if we're going to be winning many, many games in the future. Um, and also Kadarius Tony weirdly, weirdly set out for a lot of the game. Um, Ash, I don't know if you have anything to say, have any more to say about the Giants, but uh... I think that I think the game really hinged on that Barkley long run in the set in the third quarter. I come out of half time and it looked like the the New York Giants were a different team. Really, like the first half they just couldn't get anything going. Jeffrey Simmons was he's one of my dark horses for Defensive Player of the Year because he was unbelievable for the Titans at the big, for, throughout most of this game, to be honest. And it just turned on that. Barkley long run and then it just seemed to give the Giants more momentum and then obviously they capped that off and then, then they got something else back and then all of a sudden it, the game completely changed. I'm still not sold on Daniel Jones I think he makes some makes some bad decisions but they did curb it like he, they didn't bring his attempts up because everyone people were talking about will Dabble be bringing because when when Dabble was in charge of the Bills they was, there was a lot and lot of throwing and they didn't he didn't bring that over with him from the Bills and say, right, Daniel Jones, let's let's throw it a lot, like because he just hasn't got it in him. So obviously they they limited twenty one attempts for Daniel Jones, seventeen completions. So he did well, but there was some big time decision making with obviously the forced fumble and with the interception. There, he's he's kind of still not with it. But if you're if you've got Barkley back to some sort of hundred percent, I mean that Giants team can. It's still young and it's, there's still some learning curves, but it could be a, that that win could spark off a nice little season for him. Yeah, absolutely. And there's some clear frustration from Dable with Daniel Jones right after that pick in the end zone. Yeah. Um, if the seeds, there's a seed of doubt is being sown so early for him, I I don't fancy Jones's chances. But if he, you know, does well enough, keeps them around sort of 500, he should be able to keep the Grim Reaper of Tyrod Taylor from the door for a bit longer. Yeah, I would say so. Um, and on to another massive upset. Um, the Bears beat the 49ers. I know it was massively waterlogged, the pitch, but I don't think anyone saw this coming if there was a hurricane during the middle of it. I mean, what's going on there, Ash? I, I didn't have a clue how this game ended the way it did because San Francisco did not look like they were phased one bit. Going into that third quarter, they, I know they were only, I think they were 10 nil or 7 nil up. And then Chicago had nothing in the first half. They had literally no offense at all. And then all of a sudden, that field sort of ducked out of that um, that pass rush and threw it to Pettis for the long one. And then San Francisco, I don't know what happened to him, to be honest. I really don't know what happened to him. But they just looked to shower like half themselves in the second half. And then so I think that it was kind of like similar to the Giants where there was one thing that happened in the third and then the, the momentum completely flipped. And it only takes you to be in it or close to being in it in the NFL. And if some, if the momentum changes, it doesn't, doesn't take much to be putting up scores and make it a close game or even winning game. So San Francisco should have been out of sight in the first mm-hmm. half, to be honest. Lance didn't play very well, but they should have been out out of sight because Chicago had nothing in the first half. They should have been 21 nil up, should have been done. And then they could have just seen the game out. But if you keep teams in it, 
which is what happened. Chicago only needed that little bit of momentum. And with that Pettis pass, all of a sudden the game changed. It was a massive shock, a massive, massive shock. Yeah, as like you say, they just sort of came out of nowhere. Um, I mean, it wasn't necessarily the most dynamic game from Justin Fields, which was, I I, I guess it was difficult for him. As we mentioned, Byron Pringle was his number two. But yeah, it's an interesting sort of everyone. I, I, I mean, personally, I'm quite happy with my Super Bowl pick of the Rams now. Because it doesn't look anywhere near as bad as those who put the Forty Niners. Miles, what are you what are you thinking about the Forty Niners after this game? They, I th- again, I think I'm not just discarding everything that happened because of the weather, but I don't want to make too many rash judgments about Trey Lance. But I was quite high on him this off season, and he looked bad. Like he looked bad. Yeah, we saw the rushing upside for him, but that was that was going to happen. That's the player he is. But just through the air, he just didn't look very good. Um, he just, I don't know. It, it, I think the Bears' D played a lot better than a lot of people expected and probably better than Trey Lance expected. But yeah, the Niners team, just they, they just looked so good coming into the game and then just sort of, it didn't click, but again, I'm kind of giving them a, a a free hit on that one because it's it's hard to judge because that was very horrible, unpredictable weather. Anything can happen, but there were some definite flags there, and now they might have lost Mitchell. Although anyone can sort of run in that Niners scheme, so probably not a huge loss for them. That probably just means Debo is going to get the ball a bit more. But um, yeah, I think there are a few things for the Niners to worry about. Lance give him another week but it's probably that they'll probably be a bit concerned about how they played especially considering that you know Chicago don't really have anything offensively and yet they still managed to outscore the Niners and yeah the Niners meant to be this great defensive side and yeah they just they just didn't look themselves on either side of the ball really yeah I mean it'd be interesting to see how Trey Lance does when he's not trying to walk through five inches of water but um maybe <laughs> maybe it gets better or maybe this is what Trey Lance is who knows I, I assume he will get better throughout the season or you know there's always Jimmy G waiting around the corner who <laughs> might, might come back still don't know but um on to a game that I, I assume you would have been following pretty closely Ash uh Raiders Chargers it unfortunately didn't quite mm-hmm. go ooh, quite go the way I saw it but uh, they Justin Herbert I saw an absolute laser from him for one of those touchdowns he looked in fine form yeah he was unbelievable he was unbelievable like I think over the weekend you you saw how good Herbert Mahomes and Allen are compared to the rest to be honest it was he was that good against the Raiders I mean the offensive line stood up. We talk about offensive lines, but the offensive line for the Chargers was great. Um, now they've got Zion on that right guard position. I think it helped Pipkins out because he was a bit of a turnstile last year. So, But Herbert was just... We lost Allen in the first quarter. I think it might have been early second or definitely. It was definitely the first half. Um, and it didn't really seem to face Herbert much. I mean, you're talking about one of the best wide receivers, especially route runners in the league, and it didn't really matter for this Chargers offense. So they were a bit sluggish in the in the, in the the third and the fourth. I think they took the foot off the gas because they had a stranglehold over the Raiders. Um, Adam still ate. I mean, he was unbelievable in this game, like mm. <laughs> unbelievably good. Um, but the Chargers D you can see the difference. Like we've always been talking as Chargers fans that we've got some great potential on D we've always had Bosa and Derwin and a few other guys, but with the addition of Mac, I mean, Mac was unreal, like three, three sacks. I think it was five QB hurries. Um, let's have a look. Six tackles, three sacks, three sacks for loss. I mean, he was all over the place, Mac. And they, they just couldn't handle him. I think they changed their right tackle about three times in Vegas because yeah, they, they just do. couldn't handle him. So it was one of them games where you did see the, what the Chargers could be. They they didn't do what the Chiefs done and just they just completely take over a game and they're up by so many because considering that they picked them off 
um, three times car, you would have thought that difference would be a lot more because obviously it's only a five point game mm-hmm. and they the car had the ball right at the end. And then they had a strip sack fumble for, to take over, but they, it, it was a lot closer than it should have been for the charges, but you can definitely see that they're heading in the right direction. And I think it was just probably because it was week one, there was a few things to iron out, but hopefully Keenan won't be out too long. I think it's a hamstring injury. So yeah, everything's pointing up for the charges. I did expect the win. I didn't think they would cause us this much grief. I think Adams was unreal, but I think that you can definitely see what the charges could be. So moving on to the next game in our lineup, we've got the Browns and the Panthers. It was the Baker, Baker Bowl, but um, unfortunately mm. wasn't able to really do much for the Panthers. I mean, he, you know, he showed a bit of fight, but he wasn't able to turn it into a win, unfortunately, was he, Miles? Yeah, I mean, I like he, I don't think he played well, but I don't think he played badly. I just think the Browns were a lot better than anybody expected. Like, I think we pretty much all had the Browns to lose that game, didn't we? And then I think they just, yeah, they were just really good, um, which was very surprising. They ran the ball really well, as you would expect with Hunt and Chubb. But yeah, um, and then CMC didn't really have... I mean, he had a good game, but by McCaffrey's standards, it was not amazing. Um, and then DJ Moore didn't really show up. And yeah, it was just, it was a weird one for the Panthers, really. I expected a lot better from them um, and expected less from the Browns, and it kind of went the other way. But I don't think there's too much to worry about. Um, I think, you know, there is some sort of chemistry there with Baker and Robbie Anderson, um, CMC obviously keeps all defenses honest, but yeah, um, definitely room for improvement. Um, but yeah, um, think think they'll be middle of the pack. Nothing, n- definitely not contenders for the year. But um, yeah, I think the Browns. I think for me, the Browns were the the talking point of that fixture because they were just yeah, they were really good. I think. Yeah, I guess if there's one sort of offense where you can have Jacoby Brissett on a quarterback and allow him to just sit back and hand the ball off. It's probably the Browns with Chubb and Hunt in the backfield. It's pretty mm-hmm. strong combination they've got there. So Saints-Falcons, Ash, it was a close one, this. I think closer than anyone really expected. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know how the Saints won it in the end. Like, the, the Falcons were so far up and then that 17-point swing in the fourth, like... It was just, I don't even, it wasn't even a story of two halves. It's basically a story of the Falcons doing what the Falcons do and losing massive leads. Like, oh, they're only mm. the Chargers would lose games like that other than the Falcons. I mean, they were so far up. And then Winston just, it just sort of came alive, really, with a few throws to Michael Thomas. And then again, I, I really don't know how the Falcons lost that. They did the typical Falcons thing because they actually didn't look that bad. I mean, they, Mario kept hold of the ball well. He didn't throw anything or didn't throw any interceptions, but he didn't have a horrendous game. Patterson ran the ball well. They got a little bit out of London. Pitts didn't really produce much, but they were so far up. And then for them to go and lose that in that way, that's going to be such a body blow for the Falcons. But yeah, the Saints, I was expecting more for them. I don't really... I had them as a playoff team. I just think that they're one of them teams that you can kind of always rely on to be there or thereabouts, like in the playoff hunt. But they didn't look great, to be honest. I think the Bucks will easily win that um, NFC South. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, uh, quarterback is king in the NFL, and Tom Brady versus James Winston isn't really a fair fight. Hmm. Yeah. Um. So on to the game that no one wanted to win: uh, Colts and the Texans. <laughs> they uh they kept on throwing it away. They kept on giving each other chances. And it eventually came down to our first tie of the season, Miles. Yeah, I mean, it was both sides really. It was the Colts were so much better, I thought, but the Texans were just hanging around the whole time. And you know, if you do that, it's you have a chance. And they didn't take the chance; they didn't win. But yeah, I think both sides of the um, both sides of the ball, Houston were quite stable where I think we thought they would kind of fall apart defensively and offensively they have they have Brandon Cooks and that was about it but you know he had a 32% target share 
in that game. So he was that they were running the whole offense through him. Um, Pierce not very good on the grounds. You know Rex Burkhead was the lead back, but then other side of the um, you know you've got Colts. I think Pittman and Matt Ryan have got a good connection. That is going to be really solid, really productive all season. Really looking forward to seeing that. Um, obviously Taylor running the ball was excellent. But yeah, I just feel like the Colts will be kicking themselves for not winning that because Houston aren't all that. I mean, by the looks of it, the Colts aren't either. But I just had everyone thought the Colts were going to win that, and yeah, I think they'll do better going forward. But they need to they need to watch themselves because they nearly they nearly lost to the Texans, and that's in a divisional game that's really not a lot of room for maneuver. Yeah, I I think it's, it's it seems very much like the Colts of last season, really, where they're very up and down, and I I would have thought that Matt Ryan would be able to sort of calm that down and get that sorted for them, but clearly there needs to be some kind of serious changes there. Um, so another big surprise, or at least as far as I saw it, um, the Packers and the Vikings. They, uh, I mean, I mean, I guess we all knew that the Packers' offense wasn't going to be as good as it has been without Devontae Adams and also losing Alan Lazard to injury. But surely they, they, they were never supposed to be this bad, were they? Ash? Yeah, I was really. Dis- I think Packers probably were the biggest disappointment of the weekend, to be honest, because. They are loaded on D. Obviously, they've spent loads and loads and loads of draft picks on that D. Most of them on Georgia players, but they spent a lot of money on D. And they just were well, just a bit limp. The whole team was just a little bit limp. Rogers got flustered a lot. I mean, their O line, most of their O line was out. To be fair to him, so they really struggled in this league. I'll keep saying it. I keep badgering on about it. If you haven't got some sort of satisfactory, just bog standard satisfactory O line your offense will struggle massively and it proved that big time in Green Bay. They The blokes they had in just weren't good enough um, and they could not get anything going in Green Bay, nothing at all. So, yeah, I was really disappointed with Green Bay. On the flip side, Justin Jefferson, man, oh, my God, this kid is so good. Like, he will be the highest paid wide receiver when his contract is up. He is such, such a good player and he is so good for them. O'Connell did really well. I was expecting... I actually had Minnesota down for the win just because they were at home. Green Bay, they knew that there might be some offensive worries, but they just really didn't look great at all. And Minnesota capitalised big time on on a poor Green Bay team. Yeah, it's interesting. Kirk Cousins looking in an MVP form. Who knows? Um, so Eagles-Lions was a lot closer than a lot of people had it. I... Honestly, thought you know, Eagles were going to run away with this. Lions sort of brought it back in garbage time. What what we thought was garbage time, um, just to lose it again. Miles, the Lions don't seem to be too different from last year. Yeah, but they they look. I think they're more of a cohesive unit this year. There's a lot more togetherness. I know we've all seen the the hard knocks clips and that, but yeah, I just think there's. There, there's something about this Lions team. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. They'll probably finish bottom of the division, but they are looking really good um, in just little aspects. But they again, again, you're allowing 38 points. I know the Eagles are good, but that's a lot. That's a lot to give up. But they got bright sparks. DeAndre Swift was just 175 yards, I think he got. Like Amon Ross St. Brown was really really good again he's the he's the alpha on that team for me 32 percent target share even with everyone healthy because there's a lot of people talking about him last year when he was really productive saying oh but hawkinson's injured and swift's injured and whatever but you know they're all back and he's still he's still the leader in in targets and, and receptions so yeah i think they've got some pieces there that are nice but they're far from a finished product but yeah really really liking the look of the lions eagles we expected to win defensively there there's some worries there if they're you know allowing 35 points to the lions but yeah aj brown was fantastic he's He's that offense now, isn't he? Devonta Smith got four targets and didn't bring any in. So yeah, Jaden Hurts was okay. 
um, did what he needed to do. So, yeah, I think that game was was quite it was quite entertaining. But there are some question marks for the Eagles there because they shouldn't have kept that game as close as it was. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's some question marks there. I feel like maybe they just took their foot off the gas a bit, and you'd like to think if you're an Eagles fan, that's not going to happen again. Um, but you know, from a Giants' perspective, there's a very good chance for the division if they, you know, continue to be a bit shaky. And obviously, with the Cowboys pretty much out of running, mm. who knows? Um, Chiefs Cardinals pretty much a steamroll here for the Chiefs. Ash, um, the dominated Travis Kelsey dominated Patrick Mahomes dominated, and, and there are a few sort of garbage time points for the Cardinals, but it really wasn't even as close as it looked on the scoreboard, and even on the scoreboard doesn't look that close. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs were unbelievable. They're so efficient. They're a well-oiled machine. I think they're a bit of a cheat code week one because they just come out the blocks all guns blazing. Um, Yeah, (laughs) 30 completions, five touchdowns, 360. Did it without breaking a sweat, Mahomes. So he just shows his class, and and he is class. Like, everyone who was doubting him at the beginning of the season, like, and he's hanging their head in shame, really. But they just looked like they're going to be there or thereabouts. And it's... In kind, it's kind of sad that them, the Chargers and the Bills are all on the AFC side and you, you don't really get to see maybe a Super Bowl with two of those teams out of the three in it. But it's they just look so good. And even when they didn't have Tyreek Hill, you're still talking about them spreading the ball around. I mean, Kelsey got his targets, but Juju turned up and so did Valdez Scantling. He still had some other tight end play as well. So, yeah, they just look they look, they look deep, they look clean, and they look like they've got something to prove, the Chiefs. Whereas Arizona, you could just tell that they're kind of... There's something in that dressing room at the moment that just doesn't quite seem right, and that might come mm. back to the quarterback. So who knows? But they look a long way off competing, Arizona, especially when you're, you're, you're so far. Because the Chiefs basically just put their second team in the fourth. They were so far ahead. So... Yeah, I, th- I think the Chiefs will be um, there or thereabouts. And Arizona, they need to definitely go back to the drawing board. Yeah, it's weird. I don't think I can remember a time where the conferences have been this lopsided. I, I mean, obviously, there was that time way back when where the NFC were basically guaranteed the Super Bowl every year. But as far as, as long as I've been watching, the, I can't remember a time where it's been like this, where you just feel like there are at several genuine Super Bowl contending teams in the AFC and on the NFC side you're struggling to pick any of them really for a genuine Super Bowl contention so on to the Jaguars and the Commanders here right down at the bottom Um, I mean to be fair Carson Wentz he didn't look that bad in his first game in he, he, to be fair to him, he really did take command here, didn't he, Miles? <laughs> yeah, he did. He was um he managed to support all his receivers quite well. I think the three receivers that all scored touchdowns. Um Johan Dotson played really well. Um they ran the ball well with Gibson. Um the line held up pretty to a pretty decent standard. But yeah, Carlson Wentz, he had his he had his shaky moments as he does. But yeah, he looks really strong out there. I know the Jags aren't the most formidable opponent, but I think um, yeah, um, Carson Wentz gave a good account of himself there. Yeah, I mean, some people were picking the Jags as an upset here. Um, I but you know the Commanders came out strong. They look good. Jahan Dotson out of nowhere. Well, I'm mean, gonna say out of nowhere. You know, he's a rookie. He's just uh, first game in the NFL. It's a brilliant start for him. Um, on to the, the so we've got to the last two here. Um, we've got three AFC East teams between the two games. I, I'll give you the pick, Miles, of uh, as the, as our resident Patriots fan here. Do you I want would to, like talk to talk about the, about the Jets not? versus Ravens game? <laughs> um, I'm that's that's the only game, um, I would like to talk about out of the two. Um, I think the Jets looked bad I think Michael Carter did pretty well but you know the Jets were playing from behind the whole time Um, they threw the ball 59 times 
and the the Ravens were just solid defensively. They weren't phased. They only allowed nine points. I think Lamar had a pretty solid outing. He didn't really need to, you know, be super Lamar Jackson. Um, I don't think he really wanted to run the ball that much after the whole no guaranteed money contract thing. Um, I mean, the team, the Ravens didn't run the ball very well at all. I think their lead rusher was Kenyon Drake with 31 yards on 11 carries. So they weren't, they weren't good, but they, they still dominated a, a very bad Jets team. Um, the, my highlight of the game was probably that, that bomb to Rashad Bateman. Cause you know, Lamar proven he's still got the arm. He, he can still, he can still get it down the field and Bateman can, Bateman's great. He can get open. So yeah. Um, I think the Ravens, they look fine. I think they can raise their game against a better opponent. The Jets will probably find a way of beating the Patriots twice this year, but they look bad. Yeah, I mean, you say it wasn't Super Lamar Jackson. Some of those throws are just incredible. It's one yeah. of those, you know, okay, you're not going to pay me. Fine, I'm not going to risk my body. And I'll just stand here and pick the Jets apart piece by piece. It was pretty mm-hmm. brilliant to watch from him. From him. Um, so on to the Patriots and the Dolphins. Ash, I mean, who could have seen this offense being bad? Seven points against the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, I don't think everyone thought that New England would be that bad on offense. I think they, they just seemed to not quite get everything going. Like they didn't know whether they wanted to run it or throw it or a bit of a mixture of both, to be honest. And when they did, they kind of they were just putting up sort of like mediocre displays. I mean, Harris did okay. Stevenson did okay. The wide receivers did okay. But I think that's the problem with this offense and this roster as a whole. It's just okay. And then they came up against Miami team, which Tua didn't really have to do a lot. I mean, I'm not Tua's biggest fan. I think that he's an okay quarterback. I think he's pretty average. I think he might be somewhere in the region of like a Garoppolo that sort of that sort of player, like, but when you've got Waddle and Hill that can just take it to the house with on a like a five yard screen and things like that, it's just they've got the players to upset. And Miami might be a like a dark horse to get in and amongst that playoffs and maybe maybe cause an upset or two during the season. So their defense played really well, but they have got some great players. Obviously, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones at the back, and they have got some. They have got some good players, and I think McDaniel coming over from the 49ers has just made them a, a little bit. They just seem like they're a little bit of a slicker team now. I think that they've got all the pieces there, and it's just how they can interact with each other and get sort of the chemistry going. I think that they are, they might be a dark horse for a playoff this year in Miami. But yeah, going back to New England, I fear for New England, especially in that division. I think it's going to be them or the Jets firing for the bottom at the moment. Yeah, I mean, that'll be interesting if the Dolphins can make a playoff push. It's going to be tough for the Bills, you just assume, storming away the division. And then that AFC wildcard yeah. chase is going to be very competitive. All right, so I think that just about does it for us. Thank you very much for listening. Any passing comments from you, Ash? Um, what do you reckon the score is going to be tonight, Broncos Seahawks? Um, I thank you for mentioning that because I did forget. Um, <laughs> I I'm going to go for a dominant Broncos win. I don't think it's even going to be close. I'm going to go thirty points to seven. What about you, Mars? Um, well, I just think the Broncos do have a, a brand new head coach with a brand new OC and DC. So it might not be, there might be a few wobbles here and there, but they'll definitely, I, I, I would be very, very surprised to see them lose. Um, I've, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on the Broncos for tonight. Lovely stuff. What about you, Ash? What are you reckon? Yeah, I think the Broncos will win it tonight, maybe by a couple of touchdowns. But I don't think if Seahawks if the Seahawks can run the ball, because I think their offensive line isn't bad. I think Cross and Old Massive on Abraham Lucas coming out of Washington State. So I think that if they can get something going on offense, because they've still got playmakers, you've got Metcalf, you've got Lockett. You just don't really trust what they've got at quarterback. So maybe if you take out the quarterback's hands in some respects and give it to Penny and maybe do some end arounds and things like that make it a bit interesting it might be a closer game than people think but I think that Russell Wilson will probably 
probably win on his return to Seattle. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if the Seahawks season goes really badly, just how uh, just how long they stick with Pete Carroll for. Because you can't imagine they're going to be getting rid of him quickly, especially after everything he's done. And also they chose him over Russell Wilson, essentially. Mm. Uh, you've got to stick with him no matter how bad it gets, surely. <laughs> Kind of, maybe. I, I, I see. I see. Carol, Matt Raw is on really on the bubble. I personally think that one of those might be the first two coaches to go this season. So, yeah, it it will be interesting to see how Seattle if if Seattle can get a run game going because I'm big on Walker. I think he's going to be great, and I and I think Penny's good. Their offensive line's better, loads better than it was when they had Russell Wilson, which is a bit of irony there, but. I think that if they can get something on offense to keep him on board, then maybe you could see Carroll staying staying a little bit longer. But if they don't turn up and you've got this lock Geno Smith sort of circus going on in Seattle, then I think it could be time for Carroll to move aside and somebody new to take over and refresh this franchise, really. All right, great. And uh, any positive words from you, Miles? Um, I'm very fearful for the well-being of the New England Patriots this year. Um, I hope we can fix up, but I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not excited. I'm not excited about this season at all. So well, yeah. that is a shame, but I, I'm afraid to say I can't share that feeling because I could not <laughs> be more excited for what this giant season is going to well, be. I'm happy for you because I like Thank Saquon so Barkley a lot. So. Yeah, it's going to be, if, if nothing else, it's going to be a roller coaster. And who doesn't love a good roller coaster? All right, thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you in a bit. Bye.